Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Mark, I've got a couple of questions for you that are based on leading. The first question is from Carolyn. She's got a young mare who's generally very good on and off, but on a few occasions she's become really distressed and she started rearing up when she's leading her. So um, possibly when she's being separated from other horses, she thinks. She's very quick, though, to go from okay to completely distracted and dangerous, and it's almost impossible to get her thoughts back to her. So she has looked at all of your videos and separation anxiety. She's going to go through all of those. But her question is, and it's quite specific, how, what does she do to just help her make sure that she's got some level of control in that situation, in that moment? So when she's rearing up, she can be quite close, quite unsafe, and um, she's not able to get her thoughts back to her, but what would your advice be to help her stay safe when it happens, if it does happen? Um, I guess the, the, the thing I always have at clinics, and um, and then there's a lot of questions that, you know, in this moment, what do I do? The whole, you know, principles of good training is is um trying to set it up so we don't get in that moment and there are things you can do and being in better positions and stuff and, and you know that I've been on the, the end of a lot of lead ropes of horses that haven't had a lot of education and being able to pull at the right time and you know be in the right position at the right time settle them down pretty reasonable um, but that's not I guess something that I want to tell everyone and teach them to do um, but the fact that your horse is still rearing and fighting, there's a, there's there's um, a definite lack of understanding of the leading pressure. Um, because if you didn't, okay, I'm gonna. If you were walking up the paddock with your horse at liberty and it suddenly got to uh, a point where it said, oh, "All right, this is too far for me. I want to go back with the other horses." All it's going to do is turn around and and trot or canter back to the other horses. It's not going to rear what caused the horse to rear. Uh, the fact that it was hobbled to that halter and it was fighting the trap of the halter, otherwise it wouldn't rear at all if you were just, um, as I say, at liberty. So I'm not saying, you know, lead your horse to liberty up there and then turn around, but what I'm saying is the trapping of the halter pressure is obviously still disturbing your horse enough that it's got to thrash and fight and get away from it um, to run back to where it wants to be. So there's a few scenarios that you're going to be looking at um, there's the confidence building scenario in your horse, which is which is a graded exposure type of thing, and then there's the uh, working on leading. And you know, every clinic I do, you know, we're spending the whole clinic on on some horses on leading. Now people might say, "Well, leading," but I say, "Well, leading is like, you know, can you lead the the hind quarter across softly there? Can you lead the forequarter across? Can you sort of loosen that part of the body?" Can you get it to go forwards and backwards? Can you lift the wither up? Can you, you know, there's so many different things in leading that, that are all just riding. And, and then when they're on their horse, I say, can you lead the horse over there with the inside rein? Or can you lead the horse backwards with the reins? So 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 basically, when I say you might have done a whole clinic on leading, is that leading is, is basically the, the basis of riding. So what I would be definitely working at on your horse in a safe space is how to lead, how to soften backwards and forwards, 
and and I think what a lot of people do, they, they, they've, they've come to me and they've said, oh, I've done a heap of backwards and forwards lessons. I've walked backwards and forwards and uh, I've led my horse backwards and forwards and uh, and, I, and I feel it's good. And then I'll get on it and I'll stand still and I go forwards, backwards in a bit in a bit more of a... Um, uh, a bit more hurried with my hand and the horse will suddenly just fight and pull back and go where'd that come from and I'm going no, you can see that your horse has been used to your you just walking backwards forwards in that rhythm but when it's under pressure it's frightened by the trap frightened by the trap of that halter and that would be the same pressure if the horse suddenly spooked and flew back while it was hard tied to a post it would find that extreme pressure suddenly hit it on the pole and it would really panic so, so in your leading, your quest is to get your horse that you can sort of say, hurry up now with that lead rope, and it doesn't, it's not bothered, and it just knows how to softly uh, move with it. So um, things that I would look at in fixing the leading brace is test your horse out at leading in a comfortable area under a bit of pressure, as in forwards, backwards, fast. Now, uh, another thing where, where, where we get a little stuck with leading is sometimes we can step forward and we step backwards and the horse gets in our rhythm even though we're still putting pressure on their, on their nose and then their pole when they come forward um, we, we're, our body's stepping forwards and backwards so something I also want to test on horses is I'm going to stand dead still and I want you to go back as far as I can reach and forwards and backwards and forwards and speed that up so they're really soft at that and I would test that a little bit and put your horse under a little pressure while you're standing still and say come forward uh, in a slight hurry and then a bit, in a, later on in a bit more of a hurry and, and see if the horse just suddenly frightens and gets a bit of a panic and you'll find that there's a lot of little braces in there that you might have been unaware of that you want to look into and fix. Now in the extreme case scenarios there's lessons like you know stepping in moving their hindquarter over when they're going to rear and all this sort of stuff but I would say that fixing the leading would fix that that desire to pull away from pressure. So the next thing in the leading you're going to do is just sort of push them across, move, move, their, move their thoughts across and move their forequarter over. Then you might lead them by and put a little twist in the rope that, that puts a little a rounded twist that would sort of angle the rope towards their wither and they move their hindquarter over so you can free them up in the forequarter and the hindquarter and really good at leading. So once you think you've found brace, which I think you will go back and find some brace in there, once you think you've found that bit of brace and you've kind of worked it through under pressure, then you might also add the flag in there, for instance, and say, oh, I'm going to pop the flag quickly, and the horse might pull back a little, and you hold it a little and say, come forward now, till the horse realises that that stimulant that made it spook a little bit. Now, the good thing about the flag or something like that is you can only pr produce the right amount. So you, instead of causing a cat catastrophic spook, you, 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 you just make a little or medium spook where the horse goes, huh, pushes on that rope, and, and if the horse pushes on that rope and panics, well, you know that there's still work to be done in the leading and, and provoking just a little spook so the horse can spook a little and find that lead rope. So then um, you're sort of setting them up with those tools for life that they need when they're tied up and in horse floats and all that sort of stuff. So once you've done that, then you've got more tools there that work really well. And, 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 and with leading, you've got to commit to it until the horse feels good and softens and its thoughts, thoughts and feet are just going with the feel of that rope. And it's a pathway to a good feeling. Um, that's so important so work on that the next thing you can do for the separation usually when you've worked on a bit of connection and and you've worked on the leading you can lead your horse a little further but if your horse is still quite desperate when it leaves the others then what you can do is sort of lead it away till it gets a little bit distracted but not enough to rear up 
and then just do a little leading lesson at that point and till the horse comes back with that feel and centers with you. Then you might just take it back towards the others. Uh, so you, you bring it home when it's centered. So then you take it away again. It might go 10 or 15 meters further away from the others, start to get a little out of sorts. The thoughts will start to just go back a little. And then you might use that opportunity to say now, follow the feel, center with that leading rate, lead rate. What I mean center with it, the horse's mind centers and follows that feel and the whole mind and body is going with the feel and connected with that rope. And then also when you loosen the rope, the connection is between you and the horse as well. So if you put your hand out, it can sniff on you, it's still connected with you. So you've basically used that following the feel lesson to distract the horse's thought from the other horses, but not far enough away that it's in a full panic mode. And then you might take it back towards the others and it can relax a bit. And, and then you keep doing that and that's the graded exposure part of it. Now in extreme cases like, you know, I say to people, you know, bring a flag, pop the flag to distract your horse or something like that, but you've got to have worked on good leading. Otherwise that, strike, that flag could be like a double whammy that causes a rear up. And if your horse is already rearing when it, when it gets separated, then obviously, you know, maybe that's too, too much for it. But if you worked on that leading and then you work on that graded exposure away from the others, um, then, then your horse will get a lot better. But the idea is when you take your horse away, they're, they're willingly following you away and then you take them home before they're, you know, you don't want to be leading them for 50 meters with them kind of dragging going, this is a bad idea, this is a bad idea, this is a bad idea, then the kangaroo jumps out and the horse goes, I told you so and runs off. So, so, so you've got to sort of have that horse willingly following you uh, and then you take it home before it becomes too much of a bad idea. And that's that, you know, setting the boundary a little bit further and further until the horse is going further away with, with you and, and confident that you're going to bring it home. But by, by taking it away and bringing it home so many times, then you're showing the horse that I'm going to bring you home, don't worry about it. Um, and, and that's the other, yeah, that's what you'll be working on as well. Okay, but Mark, when you're standing there and the horse rears in front of you, what do you do in that moment? Well, the, the answer to the question was more, I think there's things that you should work on that you need to work on. <laughs> so, and if you're in that moment of rearing, okay, you want the, the answer that, you know, when, you, when you've got a horse that's uneducated on the end of a rope, what are you gonna do? Um, I'd step to the side and I'd put a little uh, feel on it from the side. So the horse kind of rears up, I'd be, well, I'd be quick to walk off to the side. So I'm, I'm, I'm down the side, not side close to it, but I'll, be, I'll give it a longer rope. And I'll go down the side of the horse and I'll take it on an angle so, so if it rears up too big, you're not going to pull straight down on its head because you, you might cause it to flip over backwards. But you give it some space a little bit and then you step off to the side. So you're sort of getting more in line with one of its eyes. Probably it's more confident eye, the one that sort of draws and is more interested in you. So if, if the horse has got a strong focus eye, which is the one that kind of when it's anxious, it wants to push through and go away through, then that would possibly be the eye that you might step on. So you can sort of break the thought um, and, and, pull it, and bring that eye back around to you. And, and then you would sort of take the horse from the side and, and, and pull it towards you so it kind of comes off balance a little out of the rear. But if it's too high in the rear, don't pull it at all, wait till it's on its way down. And then while it's off to the side, you're gonna have a, um, a better leverage. And then you just kind of pull it to the side a little and or firmly enough to get it to sort of come round again and then loose on that rope and stand still and just wait. And the horse might pop up again where you quickly get off to the side, um, pull, rebalance it, get its thoughts around, centre, stop again. You might have to put two hands on it and put your weight into it, but as I say, if the horse is on the way up and it's a high rearer, 
be careful pulling on that rope because you could cause it to flip off sideways or flip over backwards. You tend to wait till it's on the down of the rear before you start to say now off balance. But that's like a, you know, that's what you do on an undereducated horse. Uh, what I'm trying to say is to prevent it. I think that's more important because I, I believe you'll go back and find a few little glitches in there that you might need to sort of look into. And interesting that you picked up on the, it's all about the leading, not necessarily the separation anxiety of you. Following a, following a feel is um, basically, if you, if, you, if you do it correctly, you're actually um, helping separation anxiety because you're getting the horse connected uh, to something else, disconnected to... to, to um, yeah, you can, by following a feel, a horse is letting go of what it was thinking about, uh, which could be the separation from other horses. Okay, that brings us nicely on to Claudia's question, because she's got a very similar question to Karen, and I think they've sort of half answered it, but she's got two horses that she can walk out uh, with her separately on their own in hand, and they're pretty good at managing their anxiety and coming back to the present, so she's obviously been working with that. But when they go out together and one gets led up ahead, then the one that's left behind seems to have a meltdown and gets really upset and she says is there something does she need to work on something when with each horse alone or when they're out when she's out together with both of those horses to prevent this from happening yeah I, I'm just trying to work that out in the question I, was, I read the question earlier on and I was like trying to figure out I guess I'm guessing one's leading up and one's getting left a bit far behind so 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 um, I guess you might have a horse in each hand then when you're leading it um, Two people. Oh, there's two people. Um, so, so basically, uh, there's a riding lesson I sometimes do at clinics, and it's a really good lesson. Um, and you can muck around with this a little bit. Now, now, as Jenny said, the answer's partly in the last question. Is the better horse connects and follows a feel, the better the horse, um, uh, the less the horse. You know, so so separation anxiety is connection disability, and by the sounds of it, the two horses leading together. Um, when they when they've got the two horses close together, or when when they're in the same proximity as is is um, of each other, they're obviously feeding off each other more than um, they are when they're away from each other. They're sort of you know it's like you know you see you know oh well I'm going I'm, I'm this is my best mate, and I, and when there's a group of us around, I tend to kind of stay with my best mate a bit more because we sort of. But when my best mate's not there, I'm going to hang around this mate. <laughs> and I think that's what happens with horses. It's like, well, while my other mate's not there, I'll hang around you and, and I'll kind of connect with you because I can't see my other one at the moment. And it's not one of those horses that's completely distressed with people that um, it, it, um, that, it, that won't connect at all. Um, but as soon as the other friend's there, it's like, oh, well, I'd rather be with them. And they, they give me confidence. And, and, and then suddenly we, we don't give them confidence. So, so... What I want you to, you know, maybe do some things is this is a lesson I do under saddle, but I'm sure you could do it leading. Um, now, if this was two people leading the horse, there's a little lesson I do where I, so basically I get this horse here. So say um, there's a, there's a horse that might be wanting to catch the so the more the stronger horse, as in the one that's not as not as stressed about leaving the other one. You get the horse that's fragile, and you get the fragile horse, and you take the strong horse off a little, and you quickly lead the fragile horse up. To the other horse and pass it and then as you pass the other horse and the, and the two heads pass this confident horse or the one that you're using is the uh, I call it the flower lesson as in one becomes the pollen in the middle of the flower like the piece in the middle of the flower and the other one becomes the petal and it comes back to the pollen 
all the time like the shape of a flower. Now the flower is moving around, that center is moving all the time. So then all of a sudden this one goes off here, so you quickly, but the, 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 you, you actually get the person who is leading the horse that's the, the center the, um, to go a little slower. So not, not super slow, but just enough so the other one can catch up and then you quickly lead the other horse back towards that other one to say, I'm going to lead you back to that other one. Look, we're going towards that other one. But then all of a sudden that other one goes past that horse and then the other pollen one, the center one, moves, moves in another direction a little bit. And then as that one starts to move in another direction, before this horse thinks about it too much, you turn it around and say, oh, we've got to go back to that one and lead past it. Um, and, and after a while, it, it's been taken back to its mate so many times and passed it and that, those sort of things. It doesn't feel like it's been taken away because there's a moment where horses panic that they feel like they've been taken away and then once they've got that in their mind, they're going, I've been taken away, I'm, I'm, you know, my mate's leaving and I don't know if anyone's going to fix it. So before they get to that moment, you say, oh, quick, we better go and catch the other one. It goes, oh, good idea. I'm going to go get the other horse and catch up to it. And then, uh, and then it leads out a little bit. And then what sort of starts to happen as well, as, which you can throw in there as well, is, is the horse that you, uh, that was the centre one, that the other fragile one was catching every time, it just follows the not-so-confident one. So instead of walking off in another direction, the not-so-confident one might lead ahead and this one follows along behind it for a bit and then it breaks away and this one comes back and, and then after a while you can just, maybe the two horses can go towards each other, cross over, go away from each other, come back through, cross over... Um, and you just keep bringing the horses towards each other and away from each other and towards each other. And then what I've found at clinics, I've had five or six horses all under saddle out in a big paddock. And after a little while, you got, you know, the horses, if the center of the flower, if you started in the center of the paddock, one horse is 150 meters that way and the other one's 150 meters that way. And that, that's about 300 meters between horses. If you put, you know, five horses all at 150 meters from the center. So they're all a long distance apart and they're not worried about, um, where the other ones are going because they know they'll all quote and come back through the middle anyway. Um, I hope I'm not getting you too lost on this but it's a great exercise when you're leading a couple of horses or riding a couple of horses and after a while you know they're riding out with you, connected with you or leading in your case, leading with you, connected with you um, and everything's going fine and they're, and they're okay with it because the only way you can tell a horse you're going to bring it back to its friends or bring it home or um, is to show it. You can't tell it because they can't speak English, but you just show it. I'm going to bring you to your mate. Good. Look, your mate's going that way, but that's okay. We'll catch up again. And then all of a sudden the horse goes, oh, it doesn't really matter. I go out the lead, they lead, you know, and they don't, they don't worry too much. So that's just a good little exercise. But as I say, if they're following a feel nice and, and, and you've worked on other things, they're usually a lot easier uh, to, to deal with those things. But there's still little things you can do out there uh, in the paddock, uh, on trail or whatever that help. Um, if you were leading the two together, like one in either side, and they, well, they're not really going, it must be with two different people because, um, because I'm guessing your horses won't be too far apart. So if this one was going back, I'd just bring it up forward and just work them like that beside me. So one's going backwards and forwards and just get him sort of centered beside you. And that, that would help in, in that sense. But, um, but yeah, just try that, that little lesson of, you know, following the other one and then leading it past the other one and catching it up again and, and just show them that you'll always take them back to that other one until they don't feel like you're holding them back because it's the holding back feeling that, you know, like I say, a, a scenario, and for everyone I think this is a, um, just, just one day imagine this, 
that you were walking behind your parents and you were a little kid and you're walking along and you're just following your parents then all of a sudden some stranger came up behind you and just grabbed you by the back of the shirt and held you and you see your parents just walking off into the distance but that stranger gave you an injection that made you, means that your parents can't hear you so you're shouting but nothing's happening and they, can't, they don't turn around, they just keep walking, that stranger keeps holding you and you just see your parents walk off into the distance. Um, that's the feeling of being trapped and held back and, and taken away from your, your desire and uh, you can see why horses panic but if you were allowed to catch your parents up and you had more freedom then you would start to get more trust. Um, so, so we've got we can't be the stranger holding our, our you know, holding the horse back. Um, and this goes onto a whole other subject. There's a lot of horses that I see have been pushed through life and held back or pushed through in a way that um, some people say I'm riding a really forward horse. It's a good leader, and I look at it and I go, No, your horse is not a leader. I said, One day, if you were held back off your parents, your parents will be two little dots on the horizon and they disappear over the horizon, but then suddenly that stranger lets you go. You couldn't see your parents, but you'd be following, you wouldn't be leading. And you'd spend your whole time following. And a lot of horses destinate because they don't think about what's there, they're just following something that was the last thing of safety that they think they're going to get back to at some stage. Mm. And, they, and they spend their whole rides and their, their whole time out just, just kind of missing what's happening here by just going to a destination and, and, and a lot of those horses are like people say that they're actually good leaders and I say no no your horse is a follower because it's a horizon horse horizon horses to me are followers not leaders makes a lot of sense okay the next question mark is from Cherie and it's about ponying she would like to know what your thoughts are on using ponying for training She's got an eight-year-old um, Arab cross mare who she's starting under saddle along with a ten-year-old standard bred mare. Both of them are exceptionally quiet and they get on really well. So she was wondering about riding one and leading one from a training perspective. The Arabs seem to be a little bit more confident with the standee around. So this is another little question for you that she's slipped in. Um, is this going to be um, an advantage for training or a disadvantage? Well... Depends, depends what you do, ponying, um, like ponying done in a very basic way can be detrimental just like riding a young horse on a trail ride, so an example would be a young horse, you, you, its first five rides are just following other horses just so it can learn to carry someone, so for instance those first five rides the horse is getting all its confidence off the other horses and just learning to carry somebody and sort of maybe disconnect with them. Um, and ponying can be like that if you're not careful. So if you're just going out for a ride and you've got that young horse there, well, it's good for handling the young horse, uh, if you know where you can get over it and get, get a human above it, bumping it, you know, pulling on the saddle, all that sort of stuff. Great, great for all that. If you're just leading it out, you can... But to pony and be successful in a holistic way where you're getting a good handle on the horse from above but you're also getting the horse to think through situations and and follow a feel well then you've got to be a bit more creative with your ponying so um you know like ponying is a really good chance to slow a horse down to speed it up in the lead rope so you can get it to slow down speed up and you're constantly kind of leading it a little bit so it's so it's thinking about the feel of the lead rope uh, otherwise your ponying will be you pull the horse once it'll sidle up and follow the other horse forever 
uh, on a long ride without any any sort of um, interruptions, and that's not good. And so that going back to the scenario of a trail ride, a horse that's ridden uninterrupted following horses for fate, say five trail rides, and that might be five one-hour trail rides, riding along fairly uninterrupted. When the horse does get an interruption by the rain, then it could it could you could be in for a panic. So so basically, um, ponying is where you're guiding and um, you know you're, you're you're teaching the horse to sort of be handled all over, but then you're also teaching them to follow a feel. Now. You know, I would swap sides. I would make sure the horse can swap sides. You can walk in. You can rub it all over. The horse can, the pony horse. I mean, sorry, the the horse is getting led. The one you're ponying. You can stand it still, walk around it with your pony horse. Walk into one side. You can move it. You can you can move it around. You can, it's a good time also to sort of push on your pony. Uh, you, 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 the horse is getting pony a little with the other horse to sort of just get it moving around a little bit. Um, but there's also things that I like to do is, uh, like at the last uh, clinic uh, down in Howlong that I did, there was a little horse that wasn't finding very good forward out on a trail ride, so I spent maybe 10 or 15 minutes ponying it because it just got a bit emotionally stuck. So, you know, ponying could get a horse emotionally stuck, but I used ponying to free its mind up. So what I did is I, I let it up beside me and then, um, then I would actually lead it out and I got it to, to, to go out ahead and I had it on a long rope and I was riding the other horse and, and when that horse got a forward thought and started to travel out, then I'd follow it with my pony horse just right in behind it and I got this horse to lead out in front. And then after a while I could get it to turn off to the side a little so it could lead off to the right. And I was leading on the right side for this at the moment, but you want to do this on both sides, but it could actually look away and lead out away and I could follow it, rub its tail, and then send it out further so it was leading out, and then I could lead it all the way out on the end of the rope, or not all, onto the end, but a fair way out, and follow it with my pony horse so it was actually looking and searching and things like that. Then I'd, then I'd turn and I'd bring it back up to my pony horse and maybe you know pull it enough so I could trot up to the pony horse and then follow up to a lead and come in beside again. And so, so if you start to get creative, you can really do a heap up there, and it's really good for your horses. The problem is we're getting creative is it means the horse that you, the pony horse, the one that you're riding, has to be more versatile. The less versatile your pony horse, you're, you're fairly restricted to, to basic things. So your pony horse, you know, to make it a really good experience for the young one, it has to be able to back up. It has to be able to move sideways pretty softly. If it can't move sideways pretty softly, you can always turn in a way to get in the right positions and still work around your horse. But it can't get too wound up when the other one leaves out ahead and things like that. Um, so when you do ride, uh, when you when you are educating your pony horse with young ones, you want it on a, a, a lesson. I do is I just circle around and I just gently block the pony horse and uh, the, the the horse is getting ponied, and I just um, do a circle around it so uh, the horse that you're riding can't spin and kick at this at the one that's getting led. It's, it's turning into that horse and it's just leading and pushing against it till that other, that horse moves away a little, and and you show it. That you can control before that before you get them side by side and leading up together, you show that you show the the pony horse that you can control that that young horse, or we can control that young horse, confident in that young horse can softly yield to it before you sort of say get side by side and start heading it out like that because sometimes those young horses challenge the pony horse, and then this next minute it's a fight and this one backs off, so while they're still standing still. Uh, and you haven't gone anywhere in a small yard, you just gently push in and push that, that young one across a little and across till it's starting to yield softly to, to your riding horse.
and then once it's yielding softer to your riding horse, that's when you start to get you know to get more creative and get them riding out a bit more and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, just but going back to the original question, I think it's a great idea. But don't just um, let the horse just follow in and go side by side with the other one because otherwise it's just it's not going to sort of it, it'd be good for some stuff like the handling from above, but it won't be good for the um, connecting with the feel and the and the rider. So, yeah, cool. Great, thank you very much, Mark. That's all we've got time for today, and um, we'll see you again soon. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jenny. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.